What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And today I am so fucking excited because I am a huge fan of both of the people on the show today. Today we are talking to <laughs> Rick one. Darge and Hillary Smith, um, a dynamic duo. Rick is a director, a um, executive producer, cinematographer, owner of Future Park Productions, uh, a feature filmmaker. Um, he's also like... It, we we wanted to get Rick uh, and Hillary on because Rick, we were talking about them in one of our last episodes as probably one of the funniest COVID-related content creators <laughs> on the planet. I truly believe that. I've worked with Rick in a number of different capacities. This is my first time meeting Hillary, and I could not be more excited to talk to you guys. Rick is also the host of the Bumper to Bumper podcast, and most recently, uh, most recently, the Fully Parked. Um, which I <laughs> the love fully that idea, and edition, I'm excited to get into um, it. <laughs> which we'll have links for in the description. Welcome to the show, guys! So grateful to have you. Thank, Thank you for you. having us in quarantine Zoom call yes. land. Yes. No, we're excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, just, be, a, yeah. just a quick background. I met Rick on a short film project that you came out uh, to New York for called uh, Cortado that we shot with Stephen Bailey. And yes. I... I just abs. I worked on that with you guys, and I just absolutely fell in love with you. And I, I uh, worked with you once in Los Angeles when we had a little gig out there. And just through right. getting to know you and watching all the content you create, like you're truly one, like a filmmaker's filmmaker. So I'm very excited <laughs> to have you. And it seems like you have a really. Oh, oh did you live in New York when they filmed Cortado, or how no, did you? No, no. Stephen uh, Bailey, our good mutual friend, uh, flew me out for that short he always liked my acting and he had a part for me nice and um that was like right when i got my dog maya and i was nervous about it because that was the first time i had to actually leave town and figure out what to do with her while i was gone but it all worked out it was fun i had a great time working on that yeah, that yeah. set we we'll, we'll put, fun a, we'll put a link out. to cortado in the show notes because that's a really yeah. really nice it's a nice yeah. short little short little absolutely film. Um, yeah. and, uh, Hillary, this is my first time meeting you. Like I said, uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a writer by title, I guess, first and foremost. Um, I went to school for journalism and then ended up pivoting into advertising. And so I've been working in the ad industry for the past decade. Um, but I grew up performing. So I have a performance background in dance and um, singing and was in acapella groups growing up and choirs and things like that. Um, but when I lived in New York, I started to do improv and then I lived in Atlanta for a time and I did stand up there so I just come from this background of um, loving to make things and perform and get on stage and make people feel good and when Rick and I met it was um, yeah it was it was easy it, in a really beautiful way and I was looking for someone who a partner who I could collaborate with because making things really is my lifeblood I know it is for Rick as well and so we really synced up on that level and that's sort of how it all began with us I mean it it began from a place of not making things but then we over time learned that our our styles are similar and we have similar sensibilities and and we tend to agree on things even when we are debating something I feel like at the end of the day we're on the same page um so 
I feel like we started to make little sketches. It was over a year ago. And I think the mm. first one was, was it the yawning one? No, it was um, the letting go. With oh, yeah, Karen. letting yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um, a one minute short short based on this world of manifestation and um, this trend in LA of these manifestation advisors. And so we started that way. And ever since then, we've been making sketches. It was basically a sketch about a woman that is preaching, you know, this couple has brought her in and she's teaching them how to let go and bring in things into her life. And she's very Zen. And the couple, you know, gives her, I think, $3,000 for this service. And they watch her as she leaves her house. And they see that she gets she gets a parking ticket on her car. And when she gets the ticket, she starts cussing and flipping out. <laughs> and because I always find, like, I think we that idea came from you were listening to a podcast of, a like, a manifesting advisor. And I listened to it. And... I was like, this woman has to have darkness. And <laughs> my favorite thing with comedy is like, you know, truth and honesty and showing um, that, you know, we all have darkness mm -hmm. within us yeah. and the ways in which we kind of suppress that and show the world a different mm -hmm. side. I, I find there's comedy in hypocrisy uh, you know, if you can find that angle, it's fun to exploit that. So yeah, our first short kind of came together with that idea. Yeah, of because duality. I I'm very into the manifestation thing, but I and I would I ch I would challenge it. Totally, so. I feel like I feel like we have a lot in common as a yeah. as a couple because yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get more into kind of you guys' history, um, both as a couple and as individuals. Um, we usually first, start with Wednesday Wisdom. Wednesday Wisdom. Uh, do you guys have yeah. any? Um, uh, I, I'm happy to go first. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll go first. So my Wednesday Wisdom this week is um, I've been talking about and kind of manifesting this project that I've been wanting to work on. It's like a Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown meets Abstract and um, Chef's Table kind of a show, but mm -hmm. for music. And, um, you know, being busy with the company... Uh, I never had time to work on it. And now since COVID has happened and this whole quarantine and shelter in place, I've, we've done a pitch deck and shot like, awesome, like, uh, you know, kind of like a highlight reel. We're applying to these kind of consortiums of like, you know, putting producers and creators together. And it's been so satisfying to like finally get that thing that I've been wanting to work on for so long done. Yeah. And, you know, I just it's being mixed and colored right now. And I like could not, I'm like over the moon excited because I'm like, I often would question myself of like, could I do this if I really did actually have the time? And now that I've been putting hours and hours into it, it's like finally coming to this place where it's real for me. Um, I feel, I'm feeling so satisfied. So like my Wednesday wisdom would just be like, stop putting off that thing that yeah. we're, we've all been putting off and we have all these excuses of why we can't do them. And I know it's so cliche to say during COVID, but like also why, like why not? You know, if it's, it's a big yeah. idea I'm working on, so it could go nowhere or it could go somewhere. I don't know, but it's like just getting the idea out and seeing if it could come alive has been really satisfying for me. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Wednesday wisdom. Um, I'm going to counterbalance that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom got me this book written by, um, Marie Shriver, who was married to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. 
Um, yeah. Which is funny because yeah. this, yes, this book was written when they were married, and she talks about anyway. <laughs> she, just, she has a whole other perspective now. <laughs> yeah, I of like what the fuck I, is I'm happening. I'm thinking that as I'm reading, like how she's saying, like he's a great husband and stuff. I'm like, ooh, like oh, yeah. you don't even know yet. Anyway, that's not the Wednesday wisdom. She it's about um, ten lessons she wished she knew bef- like when graduating um, college. And since I just got my, I just finished my master's last June, my mom gave me this book and um, it's, she says, perfectionism doesn't make you perfect. It makes you feel inadequate. You are not worthless because you can't do it all. You are human. You can't escape the re- that reality and you can't escape to it. Self-acceptance is the goal. If Shakespeare were Superman, he might have said, to be or not to be takes time and wisdom. And I read that and I thought it really speaks to how uh, there are a lot of people that feel pressure right now, as Corey just mentioned, to like do all the things. And where, yes, I agree, like take advantage of this time to do what you want to do. That might also be take advantage of that you have so much time and like let go and just chill the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like I can... I can also take that into perspective and like try and listen to my own Wednesday wisdom because I definitely have been like, I have all this time and I can just do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. But also I need to chill the fuck out because when do I have this opportunity to not do anything? So really just listening to like, you don't have to be perfect. Just take it day by day. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, every, everyone's path is different as Mm -hmm. well. You know, we all have different needs and there's no, you know, real goals. If you think about it, our goal is just to be present and be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my Wednesday wisdom is, uh, the power of saying, uh, no to things. Um, I've always been like very guilty of saying yes to projects and to jobs and to just things that I necessarily didn't want to do. Um, I guess for fear of, uh, you know, being judged or always wanting to be liked in a way. And I've been, I mean, what quarantine has really been showing me is just the power in saying no um, and turning things down and just saying no to people and saying no to ideas that don't drive with me. And uh, that's been nice. Yeah, because that. it's just been um, it's been very empowering. And also, I mean, I think for all of us, like quarantine has kind of um, made us slow down and, and reevaluate what's important and kind of what we want to do in this short life. Yeah. And it's it's made me question the things that, you know, I would do for creativity and for money and for, you know other lines of work and it's you know because everything got shut down it really kind of put things in perspective so yeah saying no is my not being afraid to say no that's beautiful that's a big one i i have struggled with that my entire life i think a lot of artists struggle with that because there's this fear and i'm sorry to interrupt you there's this fear of like if i say no to this project like will there be other opportunities for me yeah I, I i know that i connect to that a lot yeah. And I've definitely done things and said yes to things that I was like not creatively aligned on. And it kind of sucks yeah, then your you, soul out. 
you do them and then you have a miserable time and you're like, I should have listened to myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, money flows in different ways. And I think you can't base everything off of the idea of like scarcity. And I mean, yeah, we have to work and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah. I'm in that. I don't give a shit uh, (laughs) attitude anymore. Love it. Hillary, what about you? Um, I think for me, it might sound cliche, but feeling, feeling well as a choice. And Mm. that comes from my background of being very obsessed with, um, health and wellness and spirituality and, um, the mental health industry. But I think that at a certain point, um, it's easy to feel like you're never fixed and I'm really into the idea of not subscribing to cultural programming. Um, and that even pertains in my mind to this idea of health and wellness and, um, and self-help to where I don't think that you need to check certain boxes or do certain things to get healed. I think that you can, I think that healing is a practice and the best thing that you can do is to, and I, I don't think that these things can happen automatically, but I think it's like getting up every day and remind, if you have a, if you have a problem with trusting yourself, which I know that I've struggled with over the years and trusting my creative voice or questioning whether or not it's valid or good enough, I think the best thing that you can do is to just practice, um, to practice self-trust and, and listening to your voice and, and doing that day by day. And I, I don't think that you need to go out and spend a million dollars on um, a certain form of me- meditation or million dollars. Um, I mean, there are people out, maybe, maybe <laughs> a million is a little steep, yeah. but you don't have to spend $2,000 on a certain meditation course to get well. Um, I think that you can, uh, you can just, you know, practice wellness every day and, and get better little by little. And there are a lot of resources out there that are really great and, and that you don't have to pay for. But I think that, um, money aside, you don't have to check these boxes and do these certain things to get well. I think, I think you can just choose to get well over time. Dang. You guys are very, very similar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, thank you so much for sharing both of those like resonated very hard with me, both the saying no and like healing yourself. Um, I've been doing a lot of like, self-work in all, in all of those areas. So thank you guys for sharing mm-hmm. that. That was um, yeah. very profound and, and, and amazing. Um, uh, I would like to start with, I love asking couples how they met. One, because oftentimes they interrupt each other. So I would like one of you to speak and one of you not to speak, and then we can flip-flop. I would love to hear one side of the story and then the other side of the story. So maybe Rick. If that's comfortable for you. Rick, yeah. how, did, how did you two meet? Uh, the quick and easy way, we met on Bumble. Uh, we met on a dating app. Uh, the more fun answer is we have a, a mutual friend who's an actress who I've worked with several times on short films. And uh, she is my friend and she's Hillary's friend. And there were several moments uh, throughout about a year and a half, two years prior to us meeting where we almost met. Apparently we almost, we did meet at a bar um, below my office, but I don't remember that. (laughs) And um, I hate, I hated dating apps. I didn't like the idea of them. And one of the reasons why was I always had this irrational fear that it was going to lead to someone special. And then I was going to have to answer this question (laughs) about where did you meet? 
Because I feel like they get they get like a there's a bit of a bad rap around them and there's a lot of stigma and weird energy. Mm-hmm. But you know, in modern times, it's it's definitely a new way uh, yeah. that people connect. So there was always this weird fear of like I'm gonna use it and I'm gonna meet someone special and then I'm gonna have to tell people like I didn't you know I didn't meet you at a grocery store. I met you on a dating app. Because meeting at a grocery store is so much cooler. Yeah, I know. But it, was, <laughs> it was funny because okay, I'll give you the. Uh, the fun version of it. Okay, so this is how superficial and dumb these apps are. You can set like a radius of how far away you want to meet someone. Uh-huh. And LA, like we don't like to drive here. So for me, it's like within five miles. If you're if you're beyond five miles, I don't really want to get in my car. It's a long distance relationship. Yeah. It's too far. <laughs> and uh, I had gone on one Bumble date several months prior and I deleted the app right away. This woman and I went to this bar and I thought we were hitting it off. And every, within an hour into the day, she pulled out her phone and she was writing something down. I'm like, what are you writing? And she's like, I'm writing down your dialogue because you're really funny. And I was like, for what? And she's like, my web series. And ah. I just, I just like let her do it because I thought, you know, I was going to get lucky or something. And like, <laughs> you know, like maybe it would lead to something. It didn't. She called an Uber early and she left. And I was pissed and I called my writing partner and I said, let's make a sketch about what just happened because I want her to (laughs) passive aggressively see it. So I deleted the app. (laughs) Fast forward several months later, I I dropped a friend off at LAX, which was 20 miles away, away from where I lived. And I got on the Bumble app and I was just not even looking, just kind of like swiping through people because, okay, so Bumble, the way it works for those people that don't know already (laughs) the woman gets to choose if they want to talk to the man Mm -hmm. and i hated that idea (laughs) and i was like i'm gonna flip it on its head i'm gonna swipe on every single person and the ones that talk to me i'll choose if i want to respond to them (laughs) and so that's what i did and i'm swiping and i match with this very beautiful woman hillary and i noticed that we matched and I noticed when I got home, I forgot that I even did this at LAX. I was like, she lives like 17 miles away from me. Like what the, how did the hell did that happen? And of course we connected, we connected right away. And it's the one and only time that I had, was able to have like a deep conversation with someone right away. And early on she said, like, what do you do? And I said, I'm, I'm a director and I perform. And I sent her one of my sketches and uh, she watched it. And I'll let you. Yeah. So when I watched it, there was something very familiar to me about oh. the tonality of the comedy and the color even. The cin- every, every element of this short felt familiar to me and I wasn't really sure why. Come to find... It was because I'd seen Rick's work before because our mutual friend Reed oh, was in dang. his shorts. Ah. And Reed was actually in the short that Rick ended up making about that other Bumble date. He <laughs> oh created a God. short where he, yeah, th- yeah there was yeah. the girl yeah. on the date and Reed plays that girl. And she saw that months before Wait, we even I met. Mean, like maybe even. So she already yeah. saw me and knew me. And then we had this mutual friend, my old office mate, old college roommate, Joe, I was, we were both like talking about dating and we were both single and he's like, look, I like the dating apps because what it does is it, it lets you meet people that you normally wouldn't meet that are outside of your circle. Mm-hmm. 
And so when I met Hillary and I came to found out you're in, <laughs> She's the, circle. in the circle, <laughs> it's yeah. impossible that's, to get away from the circle. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A, dude. Like that's and and like I would just like to say as as two people that did not meet with dating apps, um, I I don't have. I mean, at least me personally, I don't ever have like yeah. a. Oh, that's what, it's like the it's the norm now. It's, yeah. it's very yeah. much yeah. normal. Yeah. yeah, it's very much normal, and I think it's super cute and like. Every time I see you guys do something together or working together, I'm like, what a fucking cute couple you guys are. I don't know. I just. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have fun. Yeah. So Rick and I, we're, we're obviously in the same field um, and Hillary as well. Uh, can we, I just would like to dive in a little bit about your background, Rick and Hillary as well, if you want to follow up. Um, can you just kind of tell me, Rick, about how you got into film, what it is like you're working on, maybe like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, film, I discovered it very early on my mom's a uh, really talented photographer uh, my dad works in production although he did it when I was growing up but later in life he found it um, and I I'm from New Jersey we moved out to California when I was about 10 my sister and I would get flown to Florida to visit our grandparents every summer from like 10 years old to 17 and um, we would stay for six to eight weeks at a time and I think it was around when I was like 12 uh, we, you know, eventually we got bored. There's only so much TV and Chef Boyardee and swimming <laughs> you can do. Right. So my, my grandpa had a, uh, like a video eight Sony camera and, uh, he let me borrow it whenever I would come there, you know, every summer. And then he would let me, after a couple of years, I started taking it back with me to California. So he kind of introduced me to, um, you know, the art of filmmaking. And I just, I knew very early on, this was something that I loved and, I was always like obsessed with the creative side and also the technical aspect, which I've always, you know, really loved. And, um, yeah, I just kind of got the bug early on. I remember taking this video camera to my middle school and like filming class and recess. I went back and I watched those tapes and it's so funny to me because you know, back then, like no one had a camera, no one had a cell phone, yeah. no one had anything. So I was bringing this video camera to school and kids would, they would be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you <laughs> filming us? And people would talk shit to me on camera. And uh, I remember there was like one clip I found on recess and I, this one kid was like making fun of me and the camera. And I like went up to him while recording him and I'm like, I'm going to be a filmmaker one day. And uh, you didn't know my name. I remember telling that to him and like, he was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like I caught that moment. And uh, yeah, I went to, uh, I went to USC film school uh, right out of, right out of high school that kind of acclimated me into LA. Um, I always wanted to direct. Uh, I came to USC and I was surrounded by a lot of people that also wanted to direct. And I went through this existential crisis of, do I really want to do this? Because everyone I was like surrounding myself around was, they were kind of, you know, USC, yeah. It's the cream of the crop, dude. I mean, let's be well, real. Let's be real about yeah. it. I mean, like, it's the it's one of the top film schools in the country, if not the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the cream of the crop. But there was there were many douchebags in my class. I can uh, imagine. Sure, <laughs> like a ton of douchebags. <laughs> that, that made me go like, Am I a douchebag? Am I this? And I rebelled against it. I didn't like pursue directing right out of school. I went into. I was a really great editor, so I was an editor for a number of years. And then I shifted into production. Uh, I bought like a red camera and that was able to uh, open doors in weird ways to get me on sets. And, and then, yeah, it wasn't until like my late 
20s, early 30s that I started making my own stuff. And um, and yeah, now kind of in it, in the throes Thank of it. But God, you're making your own stuff. I, I purchased <laughs> yeah. Zen, just, just real quick before we get into Hillary, I purchased Zendog and watched it. And like, I think I've seen it like, Three times. It's just like what? what oh, can you so Zendog is the fe- is the feature that Rick uh, produced, yeah. right? You produced I directed that? it. Directed I wrote, it, produced it, wrote, wrote it, directed and yeah. produced it. Yeah, he did everything on baby. it. And if people wanted to watch Zendogs, where can they find it? They can. You can go to right now. Uh, the only place you can watch. Well, you can get a Blu-ray uh, if you go to ZendogMovie.com. Order through that, or you can go on. We're on Vimeo on demand, which is a great little service. Yeah that we decided to do. We were on other platforms. We, we had a lot of issues with the distribution company. I don't want to, like, you know, no, it's a all sore good. spot. Yeah. I just but wanted to like give you a... It, Vimeo. Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an Great. amazing film. And Thanks. like, you know, uh, I, I genuinely feel this. Like, I'm very lucky to know you. I think you're, you're just, you're, you're one of those guys I look up to. I'm like, I want to be like, I just think you're such a great content creator. Um, Thanks, obviously. Man. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Hillary, what about and you? It's Talk great to me knowing with- you. Hillary, <laughs> <laughs> talk to me a little bit about your um, coming into. I mean, you said you were a journalism major. Yeah, yeah. So I went to Syracuse University in upstate New York. Um, I am from this very small town in Massachusetts where everyone pretty much went to school in Boston, but I was like, I'm breaking out of this town i I'm, <laughs> I'm over it. So I went all the way to New York. It was only like five hours. Are you away. a middle ch- Are you a middle child by chance? No, I'm the oldest. Oh, nice. Okay. Same. Do I give off middle child vibes? No, I just was asking because that's a very middle child thing to do is just to be like anti everyone else. <laughs> like that's, I'm the middle child. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been anti from like day one. Since right. My yeah. day of birth. Um, but I, yeah, I was going to journalism school and had this very um, clear vision of becoming a fashion writer and at Syracuse in the Newhouse School, they have a magazine journalism major, which is part of the reason why I went there. But halfway through, just kind of got this itch to do something a bit more. Um, I I felt kind of creatively stifled in journalism for some reason. I just and I'm also a very visual person as well. Um, so I switched into advertising, thinking that I would go the creative route, and I sort of went. I have, I have this strange history. I went on this crazy journey of working more in the business side of advertising and then really wanted to be, really wanting to be a fashion stylist. But I was in New York for three and a half years before um, I decided that it was just time for me to go. And during my time there, I was doing tons of personal writing and just sort of reigniting my love with the the art form of writing because I've just always had this love-hate relationship with it, which <laughs> also is part of the reason why I left journalism in yeah. school. Um, but I went to this small portfolio school in Atlanta. So for people in advertising, if you want to become an advertising creative, I'm putting that in quotes, There, there's a small handful of what we call portfolio schools, which are essentially designed for people to put together portfolios of spec ads that just demonstrate your capacity for creating advertisements. So I went to Atlanta to a small school down there. Um, it, it's called the Creative Circus. It's funny. If you if you work in the ad industry, then you know what it is. And that was a cool experience. I never in a million years thought that I would live in Atlanta. But um, during my time there, I ended up, like I said, I was dipping my toes into stand-up comedy and 
just playing with this idea of performing again. Um, and so I was only there for a year and eight months and then ended up getting a job at an advertising agency out in L.A. called 72 and Sunny. And they started in L.A., but they have a couple other offices. And I was brought out here for the job and just have been working in advertising on the creative side of things ever since. But through that process, just have really felt that I wanted to get more in touch with that performative side of me again. And it's been so cool being with Rick because I think that what's great about a relationship is when you're able to open each other up and yeah, yeah and totally remind yourself of these things that you've always known to be true, but you've sort of forgotten in the process of just being a part of the rat race that is mm-hmm. this life and, and trying to be successful on paper and, so it's been great to just be with him and collaborate because I, I make commercial films. And so what's really neat about that is as a creative in advertising, it, there's a lot of ownership over the creative product and you're able to do a lot of the things that a director will normally do for a show or a feature length film. Um, and it sort of depends on where you're living because I know that in Europe, the commercial directors have a lot more say in the end product but the way that it works for us is we will concept a campaign write it write the script find the director and it's a co-collaboration between the creatives and the director to make the film and then the director will usually oversee the first pass at the first rough cut of the film but from there it's typically the advertising creatives finishing the project and sitting in the edit and really finessing everything and then doing the color and the sound mix and um, the finishing and all the um, CGI, if, if there is CGI and finishing. And so it's 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 a really fun day job, but um, it's been awesome to just make things on the side too. Yeah. Oh, I and bet. that's sort of where I am right now, just trying to figure out the balance between those two worlds mm-hmm. and, and what my next step is. But during quarantine, I've been working from home. And she hasn't got to experience quarantine the way that yeah. all of us have because yeah. she's been literally working from 9 till 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, sometimes through the weekends. And wow. Yeah. I'm over here filming my foot fungus. And she's <laughs> stuck. Well, so it seems kind of, Hillary, it kind of seems like, like you're like, um, you know, creative eye, like watching all of these different edits and versions going out. Mm-hmm. Uh, has is not dissimilar to what Rick does like when he's working you know and not in quarantine mm-hmm. like kind of every day have you guys like talked about that do you bounce ideas off of it do you guys like bounce ideas off of each other like when you're looking at edit Hillary, do you like say hey like what do you think about like do you guys lean on each other yeah. creatively yeah yeah I mean we can't talk about what she's working on but yeah she'll show me cuts and then I'll give my opinion yes, very strong opinion <laughs> and then I'm like yes I respect your opinion but there are 50 other people yeah. also involved and and there are many decision makers in the projects that I work on so yeah. it's really a balance of uh, well, sharing your opinion politics involved, yeah of course you know? sharing, oh, for sure yeah, yeah. and everything and yeah. oh yeah. of course I'm, I'm lucky to work with a great team where we're for the most part on the same wavelength uh, creatively and from a taste perspective. So it, that makes the job easier. But um, but no, when yeah. we work with each other, yeah, we're always bouncing ideas, you know, mm-hmm. off each other. And there is a lot of respect. I, I noticed that right away when we started working with one another. There's a mutual 
respect for each other's tastes. I mean, we see a lot of things eye to eye, but then there's, you know, things that we don't see. We see things a little differently, but there's always like a respect from here, like listening to the other person's perspective. And, and uh, yeah, I always show her, you know, if, if it's something that we're not doing together, she'll want to see the edit. Yeah. And, um, you know, she'll make a suggestion that I can't change. And then I'm like, I can't change yeah. it. And she's yeah. like, if I was there, then I could have told you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> How could- no, it's really fun to have that, though, because, I mean, we will co-make, co-write, co-ideate, co-make things together. But then for the things that he's working on, it makes me feel special that he... Uh, wants to know my opinion yeah. so we'll watch something I'll say yeah. do you have another take of that yeah. particular scene and then he'll try some things on for size and yeah. yeah so yeah there's a lot of uh, sharing of sharing of yeah, yeah new perspectives on a on a piece how quickly into your relationship did you start creating together it it wasn't right away um, it was well it was about five months later yeah we started we we had that idea um, for that sketch that we described earlier of the, you know, the wellness coach that mm-hmm. flips out, and uh, we, yeah, that you wrote that, and then you produced it. That's what our credits were for that first one, I think. Mm-hmm. And I directed it, and you starred in it. I was behind I was a, the camera. I was a well, well, Garen starred in it, and I was. Uh, I you played, were part of the couple. Yeah, I we played a couple. We, I love working with just friends, and I have so many talented. Um, friends i mean i'm talking to you guys right now you know there's talent everywhere but like here in la like actor friends that are just that i've done comedy with and improv and done shorts with it's there's uh there's like a small little group that we like to call on and use and that's we did that for that shoot um yeah so i'd say it was about five months and then there was no like weird there's no No hillary and i have no pressure there's no we have no obligation to work together we just we when there's something fun that arises that we like to do we just do it but there's no like we must do a, a new video every week and we have to do this and cuz i've just found in my experience and collaborating with people throughout the years um you got to be careful with the rules in which you place on each other i think it's really good to have self discipline like i'm going to write a sketch every right, morning right, or yeah, whatever totally. that is but when you're starting, when you start to rely on other people, that's when it can get tricky in the long term because everyone has different goals. So mm-hmm. we, because we have a strong relationship, we like to me and um, you know, to, I feel like for you as well, like it's a uh, it's a bonus when we get to make something together. But because of quarantine, and we you know we've been doing the safer at home practice, and production is shut down, we've been doing a lot more collaborative works together. You yeah. know, starting with those PSAs that you guys saw, and then we've done other stuff that have been fun. Yeah. And, you know, more recently, we shot something yesterday that we'll put out next week, and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it took awesome. A, it took a minute to get into it, and then you know, and then it took off from there. Yeah, I mean, on the I would say like on the flip side for Alex and I, like we've been we've been together going on. Well, thir- we just celebrated thirteen. Thir- years yeah, last so we're going month. on fourteen years. Wow, and That's like awesome. we're Congrats. we're just now kind of learning how to do creative video work together, which is like a yeah. new kind but of I, frontier for yeah. us. But I think since the beginning of our relationship, we have been creative together. But our yeah. creativity has evolved over the thirteen yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So because he started as a musician, yeah, as a musician, I, yeah. I, I, I am still a dancer, but 
Um, yeah. So like, but I mean, like now that we have time and I have all this gear, you know, I'm coming home and I'm like, Hey, like, here's some ideas, like, let's make some things. But it seems yeah. like you guys kind of just fell into it very naturally. And that's, I'm, I'm like in awe of that in a way. Cause that's a very hard thing. Like it's one thing to be in a relationship, you know, and I have that with my wife, but you know, I have Nathan and creating with another person is like very, very personal because you're oh, sharing your yeah. ideas and mm-hmm. like, when you share an opinion about something creatively, it it is innately, I think, scary. How do you yeah. guys work around? I mean, do you kind of throw ideas on the wall and like everything is safe? Do you have like a method of sharing ideas that's like a safe space for you guys, or how does that it, work? It just it's just like organically, it happens. Like you know, I'm a I'm a little rougher. Like Hillary will, <laughs> she'll throw out an idea or an opinion, and I'll just be like, no. I won't try to butter it up, but she's she's that's, good in that sense. I think sense. that's healthy, though. That's I think yeah. if I mean, you that's have your personality, the mutual understanding, you know? yeah, that that's just how it is, and like let's just move forward. I think that's healthy. Yeah, and I mean, I'll pitch an idea to her, and I'll just be able to look at her face and know that it's a bad <laughs> idea. So yeah, it like I don't think the idea. The way I look at ideas is, you know, they're like thoughts. They're so. There's an endless well of ideas that are, are constantly flowing and, you know, or it's like fishing, you know. Yeah. I don't know totally. what I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah, David Lynch had a book about that called Catching the Big Fish, I think. And he yeah. talks about how <laughs> you get, you got to meditate and go deep to get the really big fish. But yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah, I think what's worked for us is that there is no, you know, strict structure and, and there are no rules. We just kind of allow it to happen. I mean, you know, we've gone weeks and weeks of not making something together and then we'll find the right idea. The right idea will come and then we'll make it. But going back to what you were saying, yeah, a collaborative uh, experience. It's a, if, if it works, it's, it's rare. Right. Um, because most times it doesn't work because it's very hard to be in sync with sensibilities with with another person and also yeah that's like a extremely it hasn't happened often at all with me especially this is the only time it's happened in a relationship where i've been able yeah. to work and we have the same vibe um creatively yeah it's a lot of unfinished projects with different people throughout the years because it ends up not gelling yeah. Yeah, but uh, when it does gel, yeah, it's it's rare. Yeah, and yeah. Hillary, what about you? What's what's it like working with someone you know that you know is uh, ha- may have differing opinions, but also that you get along with so well? What is that like for you? I think that, well, I'm not offended when Rick doesn't like my ideas because my job is to not take it personally when someone doesn't like my ideas. Dang. It, That's and awesome. in advertising, 99% of good ideas don't yeah. ever see the light of day. She has thick skin. And, yeah. it, and it didn't happen automatically. I mean, there's a lot of deep-seated trauma there, I think, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from over the years of just having to um, deal with your ideas dying. Um, but at the same time, I'm fortunate and grateful for those experiences uh, because I think it's helped me not to take things so personally. And I respect Rick and his experience and he has more experience than I do writing comedy and making it. Um, So it's this nice kind of balance of when he doesn't like something, 
I don't take it personally or I'll push it and I'll say, what if we do this? And I think that he is a super receptive person as well. And um, he doesn't have an ego to where when I come up with an idea, he's happy to make it if he thinks that it's awesome. And, and it's just a coming together. And, and a lot of the time too, when an idea isn't working, we're just honest about it and we can see the other person's perspective. And we've thrown away stuff before. Like we've had things that we've, and then you were just like, it's not worth it. You know, there's something's not working. And yeah, we shot this one. (laughs) There was this one sketch. I remember one day where, we I can't we've shot there, a few we've never released yeah there was one idea it wasn't working and it was a strange day the I think seashell? we ended up micro dosing oh yeah on, <laughs> and and we but it was it was a fun day and we went to all time which is one of our favorite restaurants in LA and it was just a fun day and we made this thing we didn't end it that we didn't end up making into anything, but it was. We shot it though. Yeah, yeah we, we shot it. We yeah. shot it, but it's not this painful, yeah. sad See, thing. It's just like it exists somewhere. Yeah. I think. I think that 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 right there, like saying that you did the thing that you made it, and you realize it wasn't working, is what I would argue that like ninety percent of people don't do because they're they're too in their head. And as yeah. I'm hearing yeah. you say that, I'm like, I need to just start making things and throwing them against the wall and like seeing yeah. if they're yeah, working. And that's like sticks. a. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a very I've highly had... advanced way to think about creating content. It's a it's a balance though because so I had a professor that once said, "Be willing to kill your babies," which not your you real babies, not your real children, <laughs> but your ideas. I get it. I got, I'm, I'm with you. Just to clarify for I'm anyone you, out yeah. there who might be confused, but there's there's that thing, and then I also just heard Elizabeth Gilbert on Russell Brand's podcast, oh, and nice. she was talking about this experience of understanding and Ira Ira Glass talks about this as well when you can admire the type of creative work that you want to do but there's a gap between what you admire and what you're able to actually achieve and your taste uh yeah your yeah Yeah, your taste not being able to catch up with your ability or you know your abilities not being able to when you first start out and you're making I am very familiar with that quote yes yes yeah it's amazing I know exactly keeps closing yeah, 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 it's like yeah. you you it's see so cool. what you want to do yeah. and you try and it's so not that thing. But the more yeah. you try, yeah. you know, it's like right. a baby learning how to walk. Totally. Yeah. But getting comfortable with that, I think, is key. And also what Elizabeth said is that there is this I'm not sure which of her novels it is, but there was this character in the book who she knew was not very dimensional. And she shared the book around with a bunch of people and everyone kept coming back to her and saying, everything's great but this one character two-dimensional like there isn't that character isn't as robust as the other characters but she just accepted the fact that that was as good as what she could do Mm. that was the Mm. best that character was ever going to be and so she released the book and all the critics said great book but that one character doesn't have the dimension that it should and she's said to herself well I knew that but that was the best that I could do and she talks about it as being the spiritual thing of talking to her spirit guides, call them whatever you will. And just saying, this is what I can do. So if I'm going to get better, then help me out. So I think it's a balance between knowing when something doesn't work and being willing to kill it, but then also being gentle with yourself and knowing that sometimes it is just good enough and you can still share it and people are going to love it. That's super profound. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting a a little therapy session here. I'm not, I'm being that... Yeah, that was, yeah, I kind of needed to hear all the things that you guys are talking about because I'm constantly afraid to put anything out for fear of just like, Mm. 
judgment judged. or yeah. yeah i mean you know, know how it is you're ego. a filmmaker you like ego. just yeah it's, yeah. yeah it's totally it's all ego i've had well, i've had like things in my past like videos that i put out where i've honestly thought they were so stupid but there's something in there that i was like i like this i'm still gonna put it out but i don't whatever and it's always those ones mm -hmm. this happens less and less now but like in the past when i was making stuff earlier on it was like the things that i wasn't sure about were the things that were the most loved or i would get the most love on i would get people like saying that one thing you did i loved it and i'm like that's so weird uh because i didn't but it showed me like you know as as creatives like we're not we're here to do the work and then you know put it out and not judge it and once you put it out it's done and you move on to the next thing mm -hmm. and not i think it's all about like not holding on i think this whole life is just about not holding on yeah and just constantly going with the flow and realizing it doesn't matter it does matter it matters that you did the work now move you know go on to the next thing yeah, yeah. holding on to the idea in the past or the idea that you have just get it get you know just do it nike just do it. <laughs> just do it <laughs> His favorite tagline. <laughs> I love just do it. It's this episode tagline. is brought to you by Nike. <laughs> and it came from a guy on death row, right? Well, it was inspired by this thing that this guy said. I can't remember his name, but he was, he was, I think, in the chair about to be electrocuted. Yeah. And he said something real. to the effect of, let's just do this. And uh, Wyden and Kennedy, um, the founder of that agency, knew that quote and took inspiration from that f wow. to develop the tagline for Nike. Just and it, like Nike was that. a small shoe company that was very unknown. And then that yeah. campaign and that slogan rocketed them. <laughs> yeah. Look so at just them do now. it. You wow. know? Yeah. I wanted to backtrack just a little bit because hearing you two talk about how you create together and how you communicate about ideas. I mean, Corey and I on on our on our podcast because we have been together for thirteen plus years. We are all about open communication, very honest communication, because I think what hinders people in a, in a relationship, whether they're creating something like you two are or not, is not speaking open and honestly. So I yeah. have to imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that having a creative relationship and a relationship the communication that you're doing in both helps both because yes. hearing you that hearing that you speak so open and honestly about creativity and like you know this is what i'm thinking what are your thoughts is also helpful in your partner relationship because i know that sometimes you know when we're having difficult conversations with our partners we can hold back and um some people won't like won't speak honestly, yeah. but it, it took us, I don't know how many years to really, really be very open and honest and just like, this is what it is. I'm not bullshitting and I'm not cutting corners. You know, let's work through this. Do you feel that, um, do you feel your creative relationship and your, I'll just say romantic relationship, the communication is the, the same kind of dynamic? Yeah, I would say yes. I mean, we developed and established our romantic bond first. Um, yeah. That was always like first and foremost. And um, like we were able to make that strong right away. And then the creative side filtered in, 
afterwards. And um, but I think they definitely inform each other. I would say our, our bond is uh, romantic, you know, interpersonal bond first mm-hmm. and foremost. Yeah. And then the creativity that we share is like a bonus to me um, that we're able to do that. Uh, but I, I, I don't think, you know, if we didn't respect and uh, care for one another, I don't, you know, I don't, we wouldn't be able to translate that into the creative zone. Um, I feel that, yeah, Hillary and I are very, you know, direct and forward, forward with each other um, in terms of communication and and getting to like deeper issues when we do have them. I mean, we've yeah. had our issues in oh, quarantine. Everyone it's does. Been, yeah, everyone absolutely, does. Yeah. It's been tough. Uh, our next door neighbors, they were like screaming at each other nonstop. They're not screaming anymore. I think one of them might be dead. We don't know yet. Um, uh, no, but yeah, we, uh, I feel like to me, the, yeah, the creative aspect and the romantic aspect are intertwined. They kind of feed off of one another. Yeah. When we make stuff, I mean, we might as well be making dinner together and, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, like we're, that's cool. Like, I, we each have our role. I mean, what would you say? I feel like it's pretty seamless. Um, I feel like, yeah, there's, there's a good flow. I, for some reason, I don't completely um, com- compartmentalize the two different versions of relationship in my mind yeah neither do i yeah yeah it's this seamless sort of flow and i think what you were touching upon this idea of um honesty and communication Mm -hmm. i think what it comes down to is personal work at the end of the day and that's i'm always still trying to and i know i said that thing at the beginning about not needing to do a bunch of things to get well but i think that I'm constantly practicing just cleaning up my side of the street, my side of the street. Oh, I love that. That's a great analogy. Or just, just not making up false narratives. I think in relationships, it's easy to make up ideas about what the other person is thinking. And that might not be the case at all. And And that's why open, that's why open communication is so important in being honest, because if you're not, then, then, then there's questions and some oops and then assumptions so yeah yes mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah, but just... i think with rick like there's an overall um he's really he said this thing one once to me which was i think that we came into each other's lives so that you could bring me more together and i could pull you more apart he didn't say it in that exact way but i am a control freak and i know that about myself and <laughs> he's been able to teach me the the beauty of looseness and just letting go a bit and yeah um i won't speak the for yin you and on, yang. on the other part yeah, yeah the yin the yin and the yang that yeah. really feels true to us and our connection our relationship but for me it's that's why i like pretty yeah. gross because it's kind of mm-hmm. you know yeah. indicative of yeah. you know i'm the pretty one we fight over who's the pretty one we fight over that her boss was asking us we were in like a happy hour zoom call and he goes rick he's french he's like who's the pretty one who's the gross one (laughs) i think i think we balance each other out and we yeah yeah i also think like hillary and i we can we have an even approach with filmmaking and with life in the sense that nothing is 
needs to be that heavy at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, so, yeah I love like, that. I think there is a light approach with, you know, mm-hmm. even with quarrels and disagreements, eventually we get to a place where it's like it, we're able to drop it. And that's what I really love about her. There's no like uh, baggage that is carried over. Although she does yeah. have a Dewey Decimal System index system in her brain. <laughs> like, On this date, this happened. But no, she's good about it. Like, I understand that's that's fine. Yeah. But no. Yeah. I, I, Corey and I have this joke from um, the TV show How I Met Your Mother. There's this whole mm-hmm. episode about who's the reacher and who's the settler in the relationship. And our argument is that we both are the reachers. Like, I'm reaching out of my league to get to him, and he's reaching out of his league to get to me. <laughs> she, and I, I think that's an I important think she's just doing like, it to argument. Be nice. No. Yeah. But, no. <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's it's um it honestly like Rick, I've never seen the side of you and Hillary. It's so nice to like finally connect with you and like hear Rick talk about you because like I see you guys working together and I'm like what a cool couple that you guys are like able to do these really funny, like well-received, like brilliantly thought out projects um together as like this team and I think it's a not a lot of people get to do that. I think it's very unique. And whether you think it's special or not, a lot of people that are on the outside are like, would never be that lucky that they could collaborate creatively with their partners. So yeah, you guys have something truly it's special. Hard, it's it's hard to be able to be be both creative yeah. partners. And, and funny. Yeah. And like no, really fucking funny. I just imagine <laughs> the the little video that you made of like we should turn that into a sketch. We should turn so that yeah. into a like I just imagine that actually yeah, is what your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, that was based on yeah. Yeah, that was a real experience. thing. <laughs> I think you were talking to me and I was saying that. And yeah. Then that's I mean a lot of the ideas come from a real place of <laughs> yeah, like yeah like affection. Yeah. Did you, I don't know if you guys saw that one, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, asking him for a hug and to hold my yeah. hand. And what's fun about those types of <laughs> projects and, and many of the sketches that we've made is is when they do resonate with people and other people relate. Yeah. And thank you for saying that, by the way. Yeah, um, and, and recognizing the coolness because I think it's just natural to us. So it it's nice to hear it because it reminds you, wow, it is so yeah. unique. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it's just like every day for yeah. us. But um. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's fun when we make things that resonate with other people and that touch other people. And that's what I've always been obsessed by. Um, Just, yeah, the the dynamics of human relationships and the the psychology of it. And yeah, yeah, just just, yeah, relationships. Do you know what um, we're really big on love languages? Have you do you Mm -hmm. know? Do you know what your love languages are? I because there's seven of them, right? Uh, there's five. You oh, can because okay. there's different ways that you can receive love and different ways that you can give love, yeah. and it's physical yeah. touch, quality mm-hmm. time, acts of service, gifts, and words of affirmation. And mm. so for me, the way I give love is well, I'll just do Corey. For the way Corey <laughs> gives love, it and, and receives it is. Uh, physical touch. He loves to be touched. He's a kinesthetic person. No, I'm. I'm and, I give. Active, I'm an acts of service. Okay, giver. The way you like to receive it is physical touch. <laughs> yeah, sure. The way I. I don't just go around touching people. <laughs> yeah. Obviously not. not. Obviously not. COVID. <laughs> go, go, we're, we're touching from six feet apart. That's and assault. <laughs> the way I. The way I give is through my very lowest way of giving is through physical touch. So for mm. us, if 
I, if he walks in the door and I don't immediately hug him and touch him, he's like, you don't love me. Okay. And, okay. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating. I'm over-exaggerating no, I, to prove a point. Yeah. I'm the same way. Hillary's <laughs> the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm less of a toucher. Yeah. And Hillary's more of a, that's her, you know, yeah. we've, yeah. And I'm sure and that people will, listening to our podcast are tired of me saying it because I say it a lot, but it was a really big turning point in our relationship huge, yeah. because when I realized I need to go out of my way to touch him more. And he mm. needs to realize when I don't immediately go to the door and hug him, it's not because I don't love him. It's just that's not the way yes. I show love. Dude, it, it yeah. honestly took a huge, like, like whatever stress ball was in the relationship. Once like I understood that, I was like, oh. And it was, it was yeah. also oh, a good learning now. opportunity yeah. for both of us, for me to like step up my physical touch game and for him to yeah. step, for me, my number one is quality time. I'm always like, can we spend the day together? Like you're not spending time with me. I never get to see you. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I was, also value isolation. So it's like, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all have our different. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it's like, it must be the way in which we were raised and yeah. how we watched our parents give love to each other and to who we are and also our genetics. But yeah, we go, Hillary and I had that. To, I mean, we made a whole sketch about that idea. Yeah. The affection one was yeah. kind of coming from that place. I feel like a lot of our, we, we weirdly, you know, work through our issues through comedy as it. well. Like yeah. I feel like through yeah. sketches and through, writing out scenarios we're able to kind of like discover yeah. certain aspects i mean for me you know the biggest thing for me is like um just a, a mutual understanding and also just a mutual respect for one another yeah. um not you know just always trying to lift each other up uh yeah. in whatever way possible either through support with a word or you know um just by listening to one another. Yeah. I think that's important in a relationship. But yeah. I think that, so you said that words of encouragement? Words of affirmation. Yeah. Words of affirmation. I feel like that is one that you like to receive. Yes. And yes, I need to be told that I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing to know about yourself. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that you give through... Um, acts of service. Rick is good at um, feeding the creative in me and he yeah. is always willing and because I am now transitioning into this space of acting more. I take acting classes and I just really love that and also wanting to direct more and he's very ready and willing to. Yeah. If you need me to shoot something, I'm here to support you in that That's way. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I'm so thankful for. Um, yeah. So that I think that that's those are the love languages revolving around him and then for me I think that my love languages have changed over time I think that when I was younger um gifts were a love language for me mm -hmm. but I've become less and less of a materialist over time but she's like one of the best gift givers Hillary's very good oh, at wow. so that's your so that's giving love language she's yeah. very like I mean, she, you're, Very, yeah, like I'll wrap something, <laughs> I'll wrap something in like butcher paper and she will like find this print at some rare hut downtown <laughs> with at Coachella. The, only, the only wrapping paper in existence and it's perfectly 
folded and it's like geez. i have an ongoing gift she's document. very good with gifts so whenever i learn about something that i think is neat that i know that someone in my life would appreciate i write it down so I that when their birthday that. comes around or christmas yeah. comes around then i've already logged that thing and then yeah when <laughs> we first started dating that it freaked me out because I was stressed the first year because I was like, oh my God, like, cause her birthday is right after Christmas and then Valentine's day is a month later. And I'm like, I got to plan out all these gifts must, must be different and unique. And like, <laughs> just going broke, like trying to find the perfect thing. No, but so I tell every couple about it. It sounds like a cliche because it was a best-selling book, and you've heard it mentioned so many times. But "Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus" great, from John Gray yep. is a great book. And yeah. one yeah. thing that he touches upon in that book is how w men oftentimes believe that it's one big act that all, women just want one big thing, and that that will prove to them that mm -hmm. the yeah. guy loves them, and it'll be enough to sustain them. But really, for women, it's about a bunch of tiny little acts that show love, mm -hmm. and those things don't have to be monetarily related because something's more expensive doesn't mean that it's it's. It's yeah. the it's, thought that matters. Yeah, it's really yeah. about Sometimes the it's just so it about doing the dishes. Simple. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves is. I'm not really big on receiving gifts. I, like you, I love giving gifts and I love giving gifts that are like unique and meaningful to that person. But I don't really like to receive gifts. Like it took Corey probably six, six or seven years to realize when I say I don't want gifts, again, quality time, I'd much rather go on a trip with you. Dude, her it birthday's was, next weekend and I'm like, what do you want for your birthday? Like, She's like, get ah, me anything. nothing. I don't want, I'm, I don't need, okay. I, one year I was very strict. I said, I only want you to spend $20 and he got me a matcha whisk and a bouquet of flowers and I looked at him, I was like, this is fucking yeah. the best gift She's using matcha you've ever given me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, um, yeah. but, Oh gosh, I totally just lost my train of thought. No, I mean, oh like no, but it's my biggest pet peeve when, if as like a woman, when we say something, a lot of times men assume we want something different. So when I say I don't want anything, like I remember telling a friend of mine, like, oh, I told Corey not to get me anything. And he goes, oh, but you don't really mean that. Like, you want this big gesture and you're going to be mad when he doesn't get you anything said yeah. no i'm gonna be mad if he gets me something i told yeah. him not yeah. to listen to yeah. what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> yeah. double speak yeah well yeah. some women play that game and i think that yes that we've seen it drives it in me movies nuts. too yes yeah but other people ruin it for yes. people like yeah. you who truly don't yes. want gifts yeah yeah, yeah. Bef before we move on can i just um bumper to bumper podcast yeah when Corey told oh, yeah. me about it i was like that's a fucking brilliant that's idea brilliant. and now that you've changed it a little bit because of <laughs> yeah. covid can you talk about your podcast for a second yeah um <laughs> so well hillary came up with a name bumper to bumper great uh, name hillary <laughs> very good with the names thank you <laughs> um that so me and my buddy chris candy uh we decided Chris and I, he's a great, I've known him for over 10 years and Chris and I would do this thing where, cause traffic sucks in LA. So if Chris was driving to his acting class, he would call me, he would call me up and he would talk to me until he got to his acting class. And I knew this, I knew that he was just passing time, but it was a fun way to catch up. And I would do the same thing. If I had to go across town, I would call him. 
and we would uh, sometimes we both would be Dude, going my, to different. My destinations. best friend does that. My best friend lives yeah. in, in Pasadena, and he calls yeah. me when he's on the road. Yeah, it's a yeah, thing. It's, it's a fun, an LA thing. I've done it. So it's many times. it's fun to yeah. like you get on the Bluetooth and you talk to your friend. And uh, I remember we I was we both were going somewhere, and I said this would be a funny. This was last year, uh, end of October. I said this would be a fun idea for a podcast where it's just you and I in our cars, and we just started riffing. Chris is like a he's a amazing actor he's also an amazing writer and so a lot of like fun ideas like we'll just he'll call he's like one of the only friends where he'll call me and he'll tell me something and it's like perfect i'll be like i gotta shoot that (laughs) um he'll give me things but yeah we both were riffing on this idea and uh we it took a few tries to figure out the technology of how to properly do it Uh, we originally we were using this these mics in our car so i had this mic in front of my face and uh, a friend of mine, a close friend, Richie, was like, I'm concerned because if the airbag goes off, this <laughs> mic is going to go oh, into your brain. I did so, not even think about yeah, that. We switched to these headsets like that Britney Spears uses. And it. Um, yeah, it was uh, before COVID, before quarantine. Uh, it was a weekly podcast that we would um, we'd pick up different guests. Uh, we had uh, Chris Sullivan from Dude, that show, I, This Is Us. Yes. Very big, yeah. uh, very big... Um, this is this us, is us fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great show. And we had him on, uh, we had this big director who does a lot of like these Emmy red carpet videos and Cole Walliser. He was the yeah, last one. The slow-mo on. guy. Yeah. Slow-mo Glambot. Glambot. And, yeah. um, yeah, we, uh, there's some other fun guests that, uh, want to do it. Some big celebrities that Chris knows that are interested. I can't, I don't want to jinx it right now, but nah, that's um, all, good. all good. But yeah, when quarantine happened, we pivoted and uh, we decided to just make it audio only, you know, obviously. Uh, we were doing video for the interviews, but we turned it into an audio only podcast and we started doing stuff like having, you know, f- fake guests on that were playing different <laughs> roles. And there's this whole uh, ongoing storyline with uh, my landlord, Bruce, who uh, I'm not trying, I'm basically not paying rent to because of COVID. We've done this whole other like creative side while we're trying to figure out and wait what's going to happen. But yeah, you can you can get it on all the podcast platforms. It's just Bumper, the number two Bumper podcast. Yeah, and uh, Chris and I, we used to do improv. Uh, we did. We were in an improv team of four different guys called the Beach Bunnies, and we played throughout Hollywood. We used to host our own show, and um, it was very fun. Um, and we had a great time doing. I always liked performing with Chris because he he's such like a gift giver when you're on stage. He's always yeah. giving you these fun things to play with. And we always had this dynamic of like we would kind of argue, but we loved each other. It was kind of like a brotherly kind of <laughs> yeah. love where yeah. I could talk shit to him. And and so we just I think this was a natural extension of that and wanting to perform yeah. with each other again. So totally, yeah, I'm grateful to have that. Well. I mean, dude, Rick. There's so many things I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about Alakaz, Alakadabra. Uh, wow, Abracadabra, Abracadabra Alakazam. I wanted to talk <laughs> yeah. about. I want to talk about all of the like different projects. I, like, you're the second guest we've had on that's been in an Apple commercial, and I wanted to oh, talk yeah. about that. We yeah. didn't get to talk about that. Hopefully, oh, good. if you guys Next are down, time. we could. De- yeah, we'd love to have you guys on again. Um, yeah, it'd be fun. We'll just run through this real quick. Funniest thing that happened to you guys this week? Do you have one? Oh, funniest thing that happened to me this week. Or you can just oh pick like a funny thing. Um, Something that made you so laugh lame. a lot. 
I was so dumb. I watched Colbert. I was watching the Colbert report and the most recent he, one. Yeah. Like him at home. Yeah. And he's been like on fire. Like his writing is so sharp. So good. And it's just like, it's so dark. And I don't know. Every time I hear Donald Trump speak, I laugh. That's really <laughs> yeah. Good answer. Good, good answer. answer. Good answer. Hillary, what about you? Anything funny? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, in our recent sketch, the second scene, I tell this story about peeing on the phone with my creative partner. And that really did that happen. Yeah. We're just so... What we were saying earlier about being in a creative partnership is very intimate. I have a very intimate relationship with my creative partner of five years and we've just been through everything together. And especially even in quarantine times, it just, it's this seamlessness of just, just always being on the phone together. And this thing happened where I brought her into the bathroom and then I apologized afterwards. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. She didn't care. Yeah. I just went to the bathroom with you on the phone. It's just that, it's it's just that natural for us. Um, yeah. So I feel like that was that was a funny yeah. one. Nice. Yeah, we've um, what made me laugh the most is we've been playing um, categories with our with mm. our family. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, categories you have ten different categories. You roll the dice that has different um, a letter letter on it, and then you have to think of a word for each category with that letter. And mm-hmm. we were playing just today, and um, it was C. And it was celebrities and we're going around and everyone says they're celebrity and we're like, oh, good one, good one, good one. And then my sister's boyfriend said Chris Daughtry and I took a sip of my beer right as he said Chris Daughtry and I almost spit out my beer. I don't, it just totally tickled my From American Idol? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Dude. very strategic of him because he probably knew that nobody else would have yes yes because he said he was going through all the chris's and he was like well i can't do like chris hemsworth chris i don't even know all the other chris pratt Pratt. but i just thought that was so funny chris daughtry dude my my like funniest thing this week was i finally worked with stephen bailey uh oh yeah how is he He's amazing. I mean, when I say finally, no, how's he? How's he holding up right now, dude? He's, he's. I mean, you know, Steve. He's great. He's, yeah. he's, he's. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, he's like one of my favorite people, and like a weird bird. Anyone yeah. that meets Steve is like, he's kind of a weird bird, and I mean that in the best way possible. But it was really funny because um, anytime I see him now, like if we're doing, if he does something on set, I'll be like, oh, Belson. And the oh, whole Belson. Belson, the whole Belson yeah. thing came from you when we were working in LA. And I remember when I was so stressed out on that stupid fucking shoot we did, and you were so oh, chill yeah. and calm, and you just kept calling I kept Steve Belson. Belson. <laughs> you kept calling Steve Belson. I'll do that on sets. Like I'll just stick. I did this one. I shot this like short film out in Joshua Tree in the middle of the summer and the um, the director didn't have much money to pay the crew so we were very limited and I just my brain was like melting from the sun and I, I started calling my crew like my spaghetti boys and then I started calling er- like everyone was my spaghetti boys and the actress who was like this 10 year old really talented sweet girl she was like wait a minute so who are the spaghetti boys and I'm like I don't know but I'm the lasagna man and you have to listen to me Dude, but like thinking about, cause, and then like, it just was so funny. Cause I was like, 
I was every I'll be like I'll be like staff and Basson and it's like I can't it's not funny if you're not there in the moment but dude like that to this day gives me so much joy because it's just like a reminder that like to chill the fuck out and just yeah yeah be fun fun. yeah it's fun dude that's that's like my number one motto on a set no matter what the set is like you we all have to be having a good time yeah because it's like we're not operating on someone you know we're dude and like I mean I learned a lot from that I walk on a set now I'm like just whatever it's gonna be yeah. what it is and we're gonna grab it belson belson yeah. <laughs> just, just belson. belson it up i'm gonna write a filmmaking book called belson <laughs> yeah, just, just like belson. on that philosophy <laughs> one chapter one page <laughs> one chapter one page. yeah belson. yeah yeah I like that <laughs> oh man oh guys have you done anything stupid cool. or anything that made you feel embarrassed recently oh rick does a lot dumb. of embarrassing things on his instagram though for regular yeah. people like your butt yeah. photo was pretty yeah, dope. With the what? Your, butt the photo, photo of I your butt was like <laughs> the way what? <laughs> your booty. Your booty photo when you guys were in the bathtub. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 his... yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I've got no shame in yeah. showing uh, the the gross parts of myself. I feel like you're not embarrassed um, easily. Yeah, mm. I don't care. I, I, I did <laughs> care when I was young, and I don't. I guess I've never cared. I don't know. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You either like me or you don't. Doesn't matter. I love matter. that. That's a great um, attitude to have. Yeah. But I'd rather be liked, you know. <laughs> if we're being real. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of like a embarrassing thing. What did I do embarrassing? Did I do anything? I mean, what did it's I? funny. It's funny in relationships when you surpass the point at which you're not yeah. like he's not bashful about farting in front of me now. So well, I blame it on the dog, even if the dog's in another room. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny thing! Uh, can I talk about wiping from the front? Oh no! Yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, apparently that's, that's embarrassing. embarrassing. Okay, yeah. So I did a sketch Christmas time, like Christmas Eve, where I played Santa. And Santa uses the bathroom and I wipe from the front. I was watching it and I was like, you wipe from the front? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. How else would I wipe? Anyway, I got I I got a bidet when the toilet paper shortage happened. So I don't wipe anymore. I just blow water up my butthole. (laughs) Dude, I'm about to buy one. I'm about to buy one. I'm ready for it. You feel so clean. I don't know. I can't. I don't know how we did it, how I did it before. It seems so unsanitary to use paper. I think that some paper still needs to be involved at some point. Well, if you want to get descriptive, yes. At the end, you need to give it a little. You have to top it off. But, top it off. But you're basically blasting toilet water up your butt. Oh, morning. my God. That's how I start my day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. I it's my new coffee. I haven't. I haven't it's my fun. New coffee. <laughs> it's yeah. a good time. Oh I mean, because it's you're clean. That's why I'm not there like getting go. off to a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast just tanks for a <laughs> No, this is exactly why we do this yeah. segment every time. Because yeah. it just is like, what? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did I do? Embarrassing. Um. Well, my mind just went to an embarrassing thing that happened. Um, years and years and years ago but I, I you're not gonna want me to bring it no, up so then I, don't bring it up <laughs> cool 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 good cool cool, cool good nice one so if people want to find you guys <laughs> it's, it's 
um, Corey's like, it's my podcast. I can do whatever yeah, the fuck I, I want. Yeah, 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 I'm taking yes. over control. Um, yeah. uh, guys, thank you so much. If people want to find uh, Rick, I mean, I know you have Future Park. You have yeah, plug Abra all the Let's plug all the things. Uh, I think if you want to find the stuff that we're, we're doing together, um, if you go on your Instagram, you can go to um, at prettygross.co. And then uh, Hillary is what is your Instagram? The Hillary Smith, but Hillary <laughs> with one L. I was, yeah, with one L, not mm-hmm. the double L's like the Clinton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Hillary Smith, and then I'm at Rick Darge, uh, just D A R G E. And then yeah, I would just say go there. Okay, uh, that's probably the most up to date. Um, I have a Vimeo. You can go check out Zendog at zendogmovie.com if you want to watch that feature. Uh, very cheap. You can rent it on Vimeo. Uh, it should be coming on the Jeff Bezos platform soon, but they've been having a lot of, uh, they've been having issues for some, that's, don't even get me started. Yeah, the guy. whole antitrust thing. We can talk about that later. He's gonna um, be the first trillionaire, apparently, from COVID, so oh, wow. the pandemic got him to be a trillionaire. Jesus anyway. Christ. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I could yeah. That's a we could talk about that. I could talk about Rick, Rick and and what's, your, what's your website? What's your website? Um, mine is, thehillarysmith.com it's mostly advertising stuff yeah um but i've also put up our pretty gross stuff there too love but, it um but yeah I'm, I'm working on a little poetry book that i'm going to be putting out at some point so oh, mostly just filtering everything through the instagram yeah, yeah. instagram is kind of the go-to right now for yeah. everything sweet which is very convenient yeah. Well, yeah. guys, thank you again so much. I, I, thank this you. has been one of this has been such a treat for us, and uh, I, I hope we get to uh, chat again. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for having. Thank us. you, guys. Oh that was gosh. a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Somewhere quiet we can go